Hello again, everyone, and welcome to it. It is the Derek Hunter Podcast for the 28th day of November 2023, not quite 2024 yet. I am Derek Hunter. I am your host. Appreciate you listening, downloading, sharing, telling a friend, all that good stuff as we march towards Christmas. The kids are already counting. How many days till Christmas? How many days till Christmas? Your life is knee deep in toys. Give me a break. I've taken to, maybe I'm a cheap bastard, but... They, I, uh, I bought, I'm buying used toys. Sorry, sorry. <clears throat> Santa Claus is buying used toys. My wife is, Mrs. Claus is, uh, buying new toys. Santa himself is buying used toys from eBay for cheaper, like, say, Barbie outfits, giant Ziploc bag full of them, or other things like Polly Pocket crap don't ask me why or what that is but um you can buy that for really cheap as opposed to the new stuff you get like uh, i don't know 60 pieces for 20 bucks compared to i don't know a new package for 30 bucks so we're going that route and uh, the girls don't give a damn they really you pull a quarter out of your pocket like here you go and like suddenly it becomes the most fascinating thing in the world oh this is the best thing you could probably rewrap half their crap and they would be ecstatic from it. They would absolutely be bonkers over the world, over the moon. But, oh, look at this Barbie that we were just playing with yesterday that you forgot. And now here you go. <sighs> Man, they probably noticed that, but you get the idea. I suggest you do the same damn thing for Christmas, too. Anyway, welcome to the show. <laughs> this is not about how to be a cheap ass at Christmas or take out your frustrations on your children. This is about the news of the day. The weekend show, the weekend effing review is about whatever comes to mind. You can get stuff like this, and all sorts of other things. Patreon.com slash Derek Hunter podcast or DerekHunter.locals.com. It's the perfect Christmas gift. I don't know if you can gift it. I'm sure you can. It's the perfect Christmas gift for someone in your life who likes anger and swearing and is conservative. God knows there's enough of all of that to go around. Anyway, I want to start off today. There's... Um, there is an amazing push. I've been predicting it for a long time. Actually, I haven't even been predicting it. I've just been stating it. As a matter of fact, there's no point in predicting it. It was obviously going to be the case because it's all the Democrats have. As long as Joe Biden is their nominee or their presumed nominee, this was their only strategy. Declaring that you don't know how good you've got it. Telling people, convincing people that their perception of their own lives is wrong. It's a bizarre tactic. It's a tough thing. It's a really tough road to hoe. I mean, the, the media is going to help, but they are, they've already seen it. They've evolved over the last two years on, say, uh, inflation. It was, there is no inflation. There is no inflation to, inflation is transitory. It's temporary. This was to be expected. And, and now it's here. Like, hey, no, no, no. Inflation is uh, subsiding. Inflation is going away. It's not going away. The rate of increase has slowed slightly, depending on which month you look at, but it is not going away. It is here to stay as long as you have the same economic policies in place that created it in the first place, right? Well, now they've decided that they've just, they've got Joe Biden. 
They're going to dance with the girl who brung them as long as that girl is at the dance. They're hoping to God Joe Biden quits, retires, something else is, whatever, use your imagination. They just can't stand him as their nominee, but they recognize that they can't get rid of him. And actually trying to get rid of him would probably make things even worse for them in the immediate aftermath, because as I've also said on this show, they can't ditch Joe Biden for the candidate they want. They can't. The candidate they want is Gavin Newsom. He's one in California. He's a good-looking guy. He's able to be, uh, you know, articulate a left-wing propaganda message without. He has no qualms about lying. I mean, for God's sakes, he cheated on his first wife with the wife of his chief of staff and best friend. I mean, what kind of that guy can will tell you anything. That guy has no standards and no decency. So he's a perfect Democrat. But to get to him, they have to get rid of the least popular politician in the country, even less popular than Joe Biden. And Joe Biden is proving to be less and less popular every single day. But the person they have to get rid of is Kamala Harris. She is the first female vice president. She is the first black woman vice president. She is the first Indian woman vice president. She is whatever and ever and ever else you want to name her. There she is. She's the first, the first, the first. Democrats love firsts. Not really. But they love to be able to hammer people as some sort of bigot, some sort of ist or phobe if they do not celebrate the first. See, you can't celebrate Kamala Harris's accomplishments because she doesn't have any. I guess she got up from under the desk from her first boyfriend to take the political appointment that she uh, was given by Willie Brown when she was his side piece. And that, I suppose, is an accomplishment because she was down there for quite a while. But other than that, she doesn't have any legislative accomplishments. She was put in leadership positions of what? The border? That's a disgrace. That's a thing that's really turning off people to Joe Biden. And if you say, well, we're going to run instead the person who's been in charge of it, that's not going to work out very well. There's nothing that she has touched that she has made better, including her husband's children. She has no children of her own. She's very pro-abortion. I don't know what kind of math that leads you to think of, but I suspect. I mean, it's too late. She's already gone through the change. She's not having kids. But I wonder how many she could have had, should have had, would have had. Anyway, there's a story now, or there's an opinion piece in The Messenger, Kamala Harris versus Gavin Newsom, the coming Democratic Civil War. The only case for Kamala Harris is she's a black woman. That's it. That's the only case you can make for. She's wildly unpopular. She's completely incompetent. And she has no, uh, no accomplishments in her life. So why would you nominate somebody like Gavin Newsom for all his flaws has at least implemented a large swath of the left-wing agenda in California. It's done horrible things and driven hundreds of thousands of people out of the state, but Democrats don't really give a damn about those sorts of things. So you'd at least be able to make a case where, hey, he's forcing parents to uh, allow their children to transition. He's blah, blah, whatever it is. You can't say the same thing for Kamala Harris. All you can say is, we can't have a white dude, a straight white dude over a black woman, a woman of color. I'm sorry. She's, they always refer to her as a black woman, except for when they're appealing, trying to appeal to 
Asian voters. Then she's suddenly Asian. You're thinking, Asian, what? No, she's Indian. The continent of Asia, not what you'd really think of as, as Asia, to be honest. You think of Indian food as Indian food. You don't think of it. You want to go for some, some Asian food? Yeah, what do you want? Thai? No, no, no. Um, some Indian food. Well, that's its own category. It's a different, yeah, whatever. The left is pathetic. So now they're stuck with Kamala because they have to live under the rules that they have violently imposed on everybody else. It's kind of funny. I personally find it hilarious and I'm glad that they're suffering under it. So that leaves the strategy of dealing with the reality of Joe Biden unless and until that civil war comes, which I think, you know, if you think about what Democrats want, they don't want Joe Biden, but they also can't, they won't survive that civil war. They've conditioned their base so thoroughly to engage in identity politics that the electable candidate, the straight white guy, is so unappealing that the identity politics candidate, the black woman, will have to be their choice. But if she's not their choice, then they'll hate the straight white guy for being a bigot that, you know, whatever it is, they, they've just... The, the black, they'll lose the black vote. They'll lose the women vote because people have been conditioned to say you can only be represented by somebody who likes you and you're getting your own and celebrate diversity and celebrate this first and everything. It's, it's a disaster. And to put a cherry on top of all that, by the way, they can't be on the ticket together because they're both from California. So you could theoretically say, well, let's get Gavin Newsom. We'll make Gavin Newsom vice president. Or you say, well, make Kamala Harris vice, we'll keep Kamala Harris as vice president. I doubt she'd go for that, but, it, you know, like we can't dump her, so let's put a new white guy at the top. Whatever it is, they can't. They can't run on that ticket because they're both from California. Gavin Newsom can't change his residency because he's governor. And Kamala Harris can't really change her residency right now, can she? She's vice president. She lives in Washington, D.C. Democrats are going to carry Washington, D.C. no matter what. They can't move the vice president's residency to Virginia. They can't move her. They can't move her. So it's a disaster. It's a disaster of their own making, and you got to love it. So they have to go with the, you don't know how good you've got it. Stop whining. Sure, you can't afford groceries, but you can really afford groceries. You, you can't afford groceries, but you really can't afford to vote for Republicans. And that brings us to this piece of garbage, quote-unquote, journalism in the Washington Post. Boy, Jeff Bezos, I don't know what power that uh, woman, his mistress, his side piece, that he's uh, decided to marry, although that engagement has been going on a while. I'm not sure that Jeff Bezos really wants to marry her, but whatever. She's a little clingy in person, isn't she? Like every time you see her, she's draped all over him. She's like treating him like she's a stripper and he's his, she's the pole. He's the pole, which might not be all that far from it. She's apparently a former news anchor, but that was, you know, 15 body modifications ago. Uh, the headline in the Washington Post, this, the viral $16 McDonald's meal that may explain voter anger at Biden. 
may explain. Now, this is this is an argument. This is an opinion piece. This is not a news reporting. And it's written by Jeff Stein and Taylor Lorenz. Taylor Lorenz is one of the singular, horrible human beings in journalism today. And the subheadline, as some Democrats fear social media is exaggerating economic problems, the White House faces a crucial choice on election strategy. Uh-oh. So here's the story. On December 20th, 2022, Topher Olive went to a McDonald's in the town of Post Falls, Idaho, and ordered a limited edition smoky double quarter pounder BLT with fries and a Sprite. The meal cost $16.10, and he posted the receipt on TikTok. Even though he had ordered a novelty item, Olive's video about the $16 McDonald's order went viral, racking up hundreds of thousands of views. After a McDonald's revenue report recently, the same post went viral again earlier this month with at least half a dozen news outlets, including the Washington Examiner, the New York Post, and Newsmax, all those right-wing outlets, picking up the story of Olive's pricey patty. One YouTube video from this month with 2 million views inaccurately describes it as a Big Mac meal that costs $16. Oh, suddenly Taylor Lorenz is interested in accuracy. Posts on Reddit, the conservative site Twitchy, and elsewhere tied the cost to President Biden's economic management. Inflation, the theory went, had gotten so out of control that the price of fast food burgers was approaching $20. These stories soon reached the White House Office of Digital Strategy, meaning the Gestapo for online, which tracked the meme as one of many exaggerated examples of the nation's economic woes, according to a White House official, speaking on the condition of anonymity to reflect internal discussions. Don't you love that? They just present this stuff. It's anonymous, but they're presenting the left-wing side as the White House's side as just how it is. It's just how it is. Uh, in reality, in reality, this is no longer, no longer the uh, White House official. This is the reporters. In reality, inflation has been steadily subsiding. And last week, the government reported price hikes had eased yet again in October. Again, inflation is not down. The rate of increase in inflation has slowed. There's a difference. If something costs $10 more this month than a year ago, and then next month it only costs $9 more, it's the slow rate of increase over time. It's cumulative. The uh, last, let's see, last week again in October, the average Big Mac nationally, as of this summer, costs $5.58 up from $4.98 or roughly 70 cents before Biden took office, according to an index maintained by The Economist. Oh, trust left-wingers, won't you? That's up more than 10%, but it's not $16. And yet, one anomalous price from one store in Idaho 11 months ago was ripping through people's social media feeds as if it explained the entire economy. Now, you got to love this argument because this is exactly how the left operates on everything when there's a Republican administration. This is exactly how it is. Every There's no nuance. There's no context. There's nothing given to anything. If something was five bucks last month and it's six bucks six month, it's a 20% increase because of Republicans. If it goes and it's only still six dollars, it's still 20% increase over three months. 
If it stays, if it goes up another dollar, then they add to it. They understand inflation. They understand all of this stuff when it is a Republican president. And suddenly they get collective amnesia when it is not. So it says, blah, 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 blah. One Democratic official who spoke on condition of anonymity to describe private conversations said, quote, what, we are, what are we supposed to do? Tell President or Chuck Schumer to send a tweet saying, hey, most Big Macs aren't that expensive? It would look ridiculous. Oh, yeah, it would, because people can go to McDonald's. And by the way, they're not talking about Big Macs. They're not talking about... You notice the sleight of hand that they're doing here. This is what's important. This is why I'm highlighting it. The sleight of hand they're doing, it, the extra value meal or the, the meal, whatever it was, the whole meal was $16. Not just the burger. But now they're comparing $16 for the meal, which means large fries, drink, whatever, to the price of a Big Mac, which they admit was not even the sandwich in question. Isn't that weird? It's sleight of hand. When I say you control the unit of measure, you control everything, this is exactly what I mean. They have decided to do this sleight of hand in front of everybody because nobody's going to sit back and think about it. They're not going to think, hey, wait, weren't we just talking about a whole meal? Not that a whole meal makes up the difference, but they're not tracking the price of a whole meal. I can tell you, on occasion I go to McDonald's for breakfast. An Egg McMuffin is now like five bucks. Seriously. Five, for a, an English muffin, a slice of Canadian bacon, I guess there's a slice of cheese on there, and a, uh, what you call it? an egg that's it five bucks that is not what it used to be they used to be on the two for three dollar menu remember when the double cheeseburgers which were delicious by the way were like 99 cents now they're three bucks all of this is being ignored because they're comparing apples to shoes they need to pull that sleight of hand because the truth is not on their side taylor lorenz is not stupid she's corrupt and evil there's a difference corrupt and evil can be wickedly smart dangerously so that's what the media is that's what the media has become that's why when you watch these places die you watch these news outlets go out of business you can't feel bad you can't i can't i don't like to see people lose their jobs lord knows i've lost enough jobs in my life it's never a fun experience but when you watch these people lose their jobs you realize they're losing their jobs because they deserve to lose their jobs. They ran this business into the ground. They've run their industry into the ground. They do it through lying. They do it through sleight of hand. They do it through framing. This story from Business Insider. The headline, people are leaving Texas over rising costs, partisan politics, and a sense of disenchantment. Oh, no. Who's disenchanted down in Texas? Oh, well, we must find, you know, red Texas. They couldn't. They probably wanted to write this story about Florida, but they couldn't. So that Texas is the next best thing. Deep red Texas. Here's how it goes. While some home buyers seek the American dream in Texas, many are leaving the state to find it elsewhere. Quote, Lifelong Texan here. I am definitely preparing an exit strategy. One anonymous user posted on a Reddit thread about leaving Texas. Quote, from the heat to the stripping away of human rights, I'm just done. End quote. 
Another poster struck a similar chord. Another anonymous poster, by the way. Meaning the entire premise, this is the lead two paragraphs, meaning the entire premise of this article is predicated upon two anonymous Reddit posts. Two anonymous Reddit posts who are obviously left-wingers. Why can I say that? From the heat to the stripping away of human rights. The stripping away of human rights is a reference to the abortion law in Texas that tells people to dump their load or get off the pot after, what is it, 15 weeks or whatever. So that's what we're dealing with. Business insight. Oh, two anonymous. Then they went on to find some other liberals who are upset about abortion law in Texas and cite them as well. They actually did bring it around to real human beings. They found activists who were bitching about possibly getting ready to leave Texas. And there again is another important caveat. The headline, people are leaving Texas. People are leaving Texas. The post that they first cite in it, lifelong Texan here, I am definitely preparing an exit strategy. Well, that sure as hell doesn't sound like you're leaving. It sounds like you're thinking about maybe you're at a party and you're kind of signaling your friend who you're there with that it might be time soon to go to the coat room, grab your stuff, and head home. It's getting late. You are not leaving the party right then. In fact, the people who are in this story are only talked about possibly getting ready to leave the party. (laughs) Don't you love it? When you control the unit of measure, you control everything. You pick liberals, only liberals. And then you say, oh, the liberals, they're thinking about leaving. And then you're trying to create the impression that there's something going on in Texas, that people are unhappy in Texas. That's a problem. And it's Republicans that are making things unpopular and unhappy in Texas. They talk about home prices being up. They talk about property tax, the property tax rate there. Yeah, in California, they got high property taxes and ridiculously high income taxes and ridiculously high sales. They tax everything. They still don't have enough money. And you're sitting here, well, they, they charge property taxes down in Texas. Yeah, they do. Yeah, they do. It's not as high as California. Doesn't matter. They don't give you the California context. They only give you the context when it helps them. When they don't give you any context, it means the truth doesn't help them. Just like any news article, any politician, anything that only gives you percentages of increases is hiding something from you. They're hiding something from you. Yes, well, crime is down 75%. Crime is, or crime is up 75%. Okay, good. How many is that? Sometimes it's from, you know, 4 to 10. Other times it's from 400 to 1,000. Big difference there. The raw numbers would, would come in handy, Right. This such and such, the price increased 2,000%. Really? What? From a dollar to, to $2 or 1,000% or whatever. There's all sorts of ways they can hide it. If they don't give you both the percent to give you the context and the raw numbers to give you the actual picture, they're hiding something from you. For whatever reason, you should always demand both so that you can have the full picture and then make the argument yourself. That's the way the world should work. It's the way people should function. It's just not how people function. It's just not how the world works in this hack political world that we find ourselves in. 
It's so pathetic. It's so sad. Speaking of pathetic and sad, back to the uh, Democrats again. They're also having to try to make the argument that Joe, they're realizing that Joe Biden's age after pretending, you know, it's weird because Mika and the gang over at Morning Joe, they were all about John McCain's age as a factor. It's an important factor. It should matter. Back in 2008, when it was against Barack Obama, when youth favored Democrats. Now, it's not so much that youth favors Democrats when the leading Republican is just about the same age as the president and having his own problems, but they still will try anything and everything because Trump only occasionally shows his age, whereas Joe Biden is his age. It happens with age. There's nothing to do about it. But I want you to listen to this argument from Morning Joe this morning where Mika, who again, was uh, quick to point out John McCain's age, is now saying that Joe Biden's age is a virtue. Now, I would point out that Joe Biden's age is not the issue. It's Joe Biden's dementia. It doesn't matter at which age dementia or Alzheimer's or whatever starts to set in. It's that it's setting in. The problem is the deterioration of the mind, not the number of trips around the earth. There are plenty of people in their 80s, octogenarians, who can handle themselves much better than Joe Biden can, but not Tamika. Now, Joe's sitting right next to her. Joe chimes in a little bit. I would think a any man with dignity would be embarrassed having this act, having their wife on national television perform this act which is just short of a sexual act, on another man. But Joe is right there with it. He's working the camera. He is, he's like the, the guy, the lawyer married to that Democrat in Virginia who were, they were both screwing each other for money on the Internet. That's what Joe, Joe's working the camera here. Said it before, I'll say it again. We've got a guy in there who's more equipped to do this and is more successful at doing this than any president since Bush 41. And there's a reason. Both of those guys, both of those men, both of those presidents got into office with decades of experience in diplomacy, and it makes a difference. A lot of people say Biden's age is a factor, and you're damn right it is. Um, with his yeah. age, <laughs> in, a positive, in, a, in a great wisdom, way, yeah. experience, he's not afraid to put himself out there. He knows it all could fall apart, but he's got guts. And he's unafraid. And that's what makes him an effective negotiator, effective at diplomacy. This is his second uh, war that he has actually visited the country in the middle of a hot war in his presidency. Yeah. This president has made history on so many levels. And the stupidity of the conversations about his age, when right now age is absolutely a factor in these negotiations. Well, I is. wouldn't want anybody else doing it. You know. Oh, man, she needs to be tested. They all need to be tested. They're very incestuous. Don't you love that? Oh, no, this is the best. He's so smart. He's so wonderful. Now, it wasn't all that long ago that Mika was talking about how Joe Biden's staff needs to get their act together. They're leaving Joe out there because, you know, to wander off stage by himself when he's done. She was saying because of his age... 
Joe Biden needed to be taken care of by staff because he's lost a flight of stairs. Again, they also managed to schedule very carefully. Yeah, I think his staff needs to own his age. I'm just going to be honest. I don't think they do a good job uh, helping out the president. And I'm not talking about it like I'm just saying if you are managing a president's schedule, and you are managing a president getting on stage and getting off stage and doing getting on planes and getting off planes. And yes, he's 80. You need to be there for him and you need to make a pathway. And you sure as hell better make sure he doesn't fall on a sandbag. And I blame the staff for that. I mean, these are the things that are going to hurt him. These are things that are going to be played on a loop. Okay, let him do his job, let him do his speeches, let him work on policy, let him do his connections in Congress, unlike any president that we've seen, uh, I I don't know, since Clinton. But my God, make sure, you know, your Secret Service, you're his staff, that you were there and you're telling him what's next. And it's not because don't don't take this as, oh, he can't even get from one place to another. When you're busy and you're on stage and we've been on stage, I've done speeches and I'm so nervous. I'm doing the speech. I'm trying to get it right. And when it's done, I don't know which way to go. And I'm looking for direction. So do a better job. Because you can't have these video images of the president tripping or the president like going the wrong way. It's not going to work in this presidency because yeah. his age is going to be a factor. His age is going to be a factor. And it's your job to make sure he gets from one place to another. He can handle the presidency. You have to handle his schedule and where he goes. Well, and, and, and the schedule. It makes me mad. The scheduling, I mean, the scheduling is so important. You have with every president, you have different strengths, you have different weaknesses. If, if, if. not that long ago good sweet sweet nourishing mika was making a different argument and now it no longer suits the needs of the left and is anybody surprised that she's changed her tune of course they're not you're looking for intellectual consistency from somebody who is not intellectual or consistent i mean hell she's on is this her second or third marriage i don't know But the next one, she'll get it right. That's the kind of person you're dealing with. That's who these leftists are, raging hypocrites. Everywhere around the world, by the way, I want to play you this clip. This is from Ireland, my beloved Ireland. This is a member of their Senate over there, a Green Party member, Pauline O'Reilly, giving a speech she believe I believe she's talking about the trans people over there. This is the mindset of the left, and this is why they're dangerous. This is the mindset of Stalin, of Mao, of Hitler, of everybody. That you know the argument they make: we have to curtail rights for the common good. We have to, it's the common good. They always end up doing horrible things in the name of the common good. And each group of leftists comes along, these progressives, and they go, no, no, no. Well, those were abused in the past. We'll do it now. Now, they don't have power yet, absolute power yet anywhere, but they're already playing their hand because they're so impatient. They're showing the world who they are. They're showing the world what they are. This woman admits to the world that they want to curtail rights for the common good because if you make a tranny discomfort, uncomfortable, you need to have your rights curtailed. When you think about it, All law, all legislation is about the restriction of freedom. That's exactly what we're doing here, is we are restricting freedom, but we're doing it for the common good. You will see throughout our constitution, yes, you have rights, but they are restricted 
for the common good. Everything needs to be balanced. And if your views on other people's identities go to make their lives unsafe, insecure, and cause them such deep discomfort that they cannot live in peace, then I believe that it is our job as legislators to restrict those freedoms for the common good. Oh, for the common good. We had to put you in an education camp, a re-education camp, and you may never get out of it because you may never choose to accept the new reality that we're forcing upon you. See, you have to accept the weirdos, the oddities, the people who represent less than 1% of the population. The rest of them, they don't have to accept that you live in a reality. You live in a world where reality matters, where gravity exists, where men and women exist. They don't have to accept you. You have to accept them. That is quintessential in totalitarianism. You have to conform to what we want. This is what the Democratic Party is. This is what the progressive movement is around the world. And this is what makes them dangerous. This senator, what she is, what Pauline O'Reilly is saying, should not only be enough to get her run out of office, it should be cause to get her run out of much further than that. Run out of the country, run out of polite society, run out of everywhere. You must curtail people's rights for the common good. Sounds great. It's a nice bumper sticker. But who determines the common good? It's the fascists with the guns who are setting up the re-education camps. You can't let these people do this. You can't let these people in. They must be defeated. They must be destroyed at every single turn. They will kill you, ultimately. But you've got to get them out of office so they can't. Scary. Horrible. They're showing you who they are. They're telling you what they want to do. Believe me, just got to believe them. Anyway, believe me that we're out of time for today, but we'll be back to do it again tomorrow. I hope your Tuesday is good, and I hope it goes by quickly so we can get to Wednesday as fast as humanly possible. Thank you for listening. See you tomorrow.